Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished professional, a multifaceted individual who's currently in Canada, but from Switzerland, Vasiliki Papadopoulos. Vasi, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here as well. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Rasi is uh, with Philip Morris International, uh, responsible for global intelligence and is a planning manager based in Switzerland. She's been named one of Canada's top 100 most powerful women through the Women's Executive Network. She's a shoe designer. She's a podcast host. And she has been recognized, awarded, and felicitated globally. Rasi, let me start by asking you, about your own amazing journey. Tell me about your journey in brief. Sure, my journey in brief as well. So I'm, my background is um, I'm Greek. I'm Greek Canadian, very proudly Greek and Canadian. Uh, I come from a family of immigrants and who uh, I would say instilled in me this notion of uh, a hard work ethic Mm -hmm. and uh, the ability or the belief to always um, express yourself uh, creatively. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when I combine those sort of two pieces, a lot of the things um, that you, how you've introduced me or you've spoken to me about uh, really are a reflection uh, of those two things. Uh, Mm take things on through, uh, you know, creativity, through a passion, through a deliver, uh, a way to sort of um, drive and to uh, work really hard. And that, that, that's where your successes will um, ultimately mm. come from. And I think if you look at uh, my career journey, I think uh, when I was younger, I, you always have this predetermined path or idea of, of where you're going to end up. Mm. And uh, my mine hasn't. I've to your point. I've worked in different areas, worked in different sectors. I now work in the private sector for a multinational. But I've also, you know, championed my creativity and done things to your point, um, such as things like shoe designing, podcast host, um, trying to be sort of a, a good global citizen, and mm. and so forth. And I and oh, I think yeah. that. I think my what what, my, what I would say about my journey is that it's 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 been all over, but those two, those two tenets of hard work and creativity that's really been for me the system or the or the value system that that really drives mm. me day to day. How wonderful! And uh, my next question is that how do you manage such a diverse range of interests? Yeah, I I think again. Um, you want to balance your life with both what you do from a skill set perspective, but also what you do from a, a passion perspective. Um, and, and how you balance that is to make sure that I think my biggest thing is, you know, we we work and we work for, for various reasons, mm-hmm. but your identity shouldn't be just sort of the work that you do. I think it's important to to also express yourself through the things that bring you joy Mm. and so when you look at some of the things that I do sometimes it's not always for the reason of monetization it's not only for the reason um, you know to show that you're doing that it's really an expression of passion and joy Mm -hmm. and I think when you have 
a balance of that or an understanding of that in your life, it's a lot easier to manage mm. you know, various aspects of that. And I think that's why sometimes ask me, how do you do all of these things? It's because a lot of them bring me joy. Mm. So it doesn't feel like I'm doing um, all of that. I, I, I really, it's, it's a, it's, it brings a lot of happiness. Mm. And so you find ways to do it, to manage it, and also to express yourself that way. Oh, wonderful. So let's now move to uh, your other interest, interest of storytelling and communication. Yes. Um, you have handled political stories, you've handled corporate stories. What would you say is the difference in communication? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I think for from a political standpoint, there really is this idea from a communications perspective um, that there's a public accountability mm-hmm. that's there all the time. And it's really important what that communication looks like. And it's mm-hmm. very clear and it's very um, transparent and it's always on. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an expectation that um, uh, what that narrative is, um, how you uh, speak about it, that has to be very clear and transparent. I, I'm not saying that that isn't the case as well. Corporately, uh, the lens is just happens to be a bit differently, but mm-hmm. I also see that changing now as well. And so even from a corporate perspective, this idea of storytelling, it really needs to be clear, it needs to be transparent, and it also, I think for both, there's, there, there has to be sort of an authenticity for how things are communicated, uh, how they're positioned, um, and really, you know, what, what is that story or that narrative mm. that you're telling? And there is an expectation publicly right. that... So those elements need to be there, Correct. especially now. Very important. Very, very well important. Said. Well said. And how important is it for companies to be able to tell their stories in, in a manner that will be heard and not only heard, but understood? Yeah, I think that's where it's very important because when, we, when you look at a company, um, I think sometimes we have this automatic idea that it's just this big uh, machine, you know, it's profit making, it has a lot of people, mm. but what is missing is the humanization or the human element of what drives a company. Right. And I think from that perspective, it's important to tell that aspect or that element of the story. Mm. There are reasons why people work corporately for companies. There are reasons why companies do the things they do and it's really driven by a human element of it Mm. and so for me that's always where you have to sort of um, ensure that people understand you know these are really the the motivations or the drivers behind Mm. the things that that happen and occur and that you know we're not part of this it is you know it can be seen as a big machine but there really are faces, people with their own stories uh, and motivations that drive what happens within those respective companies. Mm, very interesting. And, uh, you know, when I was growing up in, in a young young executive in marketing and I used to talk to PR people, in those days it was believed that negative corporate news should be given on a Friday 
and positive corporate news should be given on a Monday because in those days there were newspapers. Today with social media, everything has changed. I'd love to get your perspective. No, it no that I I I think maybe that was what you would call the old the old cycle or the old, old approach of media. Mm. I think now what we see there is a twenty four hours seven days a week always Correct. on uh, not only media cycle but just social media in general mm. and any information can be pushed out and disseminated within within minutes of right. um, of stories. And I think what happens now too is a lot of jockeying as to who breaks some of this news and these stories. Mm-hmm. And so I think I, I think that approach doesn't necessarily work anymore. I think when when I think of it, I go back to this notion of you know clear messaging, authenticity, and then transparency, and then dealing with whatever you need to deal. Mm-hmm. Um, from I guess in this case, it could be a news story or some sort of information that's out there. But mm. it, it is it is very much an always on approach now. It's mm. you, it's unavoidable, and you have to manage it, position it in a way that that um, you have to deal with it head on. Fascinating. And what is the role of top management when it comes to telling the story, or is it just left to uh, you know leaders within someone like you to say, okay, you go and disseminate whatever has to be said. I, I think it's really important for especially uh, top management that they have their own personal voice, um, you know, what, what they believe in, you know, they, again, like I had talked about, there's a humanization element to all companies, to, to the work that we do. Mm. Uh, and they, they, of course, are humans and they have sort of their, their system, their value system, mm. how they lead, you know, how um, uh, they manage things. And I think, having that sort of uh, distinct personality or um, that value system, uh, it's important that that's expressed and, that, mm-hmm. and that's communicated. And, I, and I, again, I think we've, we've talked about how that was years ago, mm-hmm. more and more there's also an expectation that people want to know, what is your leadership style? What Correct. is it that you do? You know, how do you manage people in a way mm. um, that is successful, that is inclusive, mm. um, that's reflective of what you feel, maybe the company or the group or the, or the project that you're leading mm. um, reflects, is a reflection of that. And I think more and more, that's where you, you'll see that, where, where you do, you're no longer faceless. You know, mm. it's not, there is a face or a humanization that is brought to that mm. that those management roles, and it, I think it's very important. Fascinating. There is another aspect that I see now coming in a lot of corporate stories, which is uh, the three buzzwords: impact, ESG, and sustainability. Uh, and along with sustainability come the SDGs, and some yes. companies talk of DEI. Um, how important are these socially relevant topics uh, for corporate communication? It, it, I, I'm actually going to preface this by saying it's not only just corporate communications. It is important for companies, period. Mm. You know, there is now a good understanding of, of what we're facing from an environmental standpoint globally. We've, we've seen it, the impacts of that. 
And there is a role that has to be played both by not, by not only companies, but by, mm -hmm. by governments. So there's an expectation mm -hmm. that we really have to um, look at what we're doing and how, we, how companies are operated, you know, how they're managed and what sort of that environmental footprint mm -hmm. um, looks like. And so when you go out to communicate, what I think is the most important thing is, you know, if you are really focusing on this ESG space is to ensure that what you're doing aligns with the actual work and the, the impact of mm. you know, what you set out to do. And right. again, I, you know, I want to go back to those, those pillars of mm. is the message clear? Is it authentic? And is it transparent in terms of what you're doing mm. when it comes to sustainability and ESG? But that there is a, uh, and especially, you know, a, a new younger generation of people, there is an expectation that, you know, people make consumer choices based on mm. how companies operate. What are those decisions within that space? Mm. And there's an expectation that companies operate a certain way mm. uh, now and moving forward. And the corporate communications part of it is that has to align. You know, you right. can't go out and say, we do this. You, it has to really align to say that here are the things we do. And we're, we're really looking to uh, make that connection to how, how we operate, how we manage our businesses within mm. our systems. Fascinating. So I said, now let's move to the next part of our conversation, which is uh, your venture, our right. Yes. Uh, yes. Tell me about this venture and your motivation to start it. Yeah, uh, I think one of the other things I had mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you know, my parents instilled in me this idea of, you know, a work ethic and creative expression. Mm -hmm. uh, another thing that my parents really instilled in me, you know, coming from an immigrant family, coming to a country where you have to really yeah. kind of a, a new life was it's really important to give back and yeah. to be a community builder mm. and and as you grow as a leader that's even more and more important mm. and so for me you know I've always as a woman really tried to find ways to support other women mm. and the idea of our right was how do I within where I where I'm from 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 Canada um, how do I leverage, you know, my leadership resources and ability mm. to help um, other pockets of women and, and young girls and other parts of the world? And so the idea with our right was creating a model essentially to say, I will partner with other NGOs, non-governmental mm. organizations mm -hmm. in other parts of the world, um, help to raise money, help to find um, volunteers and find specific projects that support literacy and when I mean literacy it could be financial literacy mm -hmm. it could be reading it could be you know how do we build tools for young girls and women mm -hmm. in places of the world that maybe don't have that sort of access and mm -hmm. so that that's really the idea and that's the model and I work with different groups and mm -hmm. different people here and, you know, we've done projects in places like uh, Mexico, uh, Mongolia, and so forth. And that, that's really what I like to focus on. I, I, I will find partners and say, you know, how do we support within that area? And then we put together uh, a model that's local, we raise the money, we find the projects, and then build, in this case, what's necessary. It could be again, a daycare center, it could be uh, a schoolroom, uh, it could be like a 
financial literacy workshop space, whatever that is to sort of support the notion of literacy in uh, communities globally that really need it. Mm. And, you know, when I was reading about uh, our right uh, and uh, preparing for my conversation with you, you say that our right uh, strives to allow every female to be their own superhero. Uh, through building, maintaining, and supporting female-centric schools and community centers. So you just told me about something that you're doing in Mexico or in Mongolia. Tell me a little more and do give me some examples. Oh, of some of of the the projects. Um, Absolutely. So one of the projects, the project in Mexico uh, was actually, we worked with a local indigenous female community center in Oaxaca. Mm-hmm. And there, what we did is we worked with a local um, architect. Mm-hmm. We built a locally viable um, daycare center. And what that did is it, it helped to support the women within that uh, sort of cooperative space. Mm-hmm. So when they came to, to train themselves uh, to uh, learn different modes of, of sort of economic support, mm-hmm. they were also able to uh, b- uh, bring their children. Mm-hmm. Um, the project in Mongolia was interesting because we found a community in a very remote part of mm-hmm. Mongolia. Uh, and what we did is we worked with World Vision Mongolia and a group called uh, Building Trust International And there we took a school that hadn't been fixed or renovated, I think since 1952. Mm -hmm. And we had actually an architectural um, contest and they came and we had a firm that won that designed a school that was very much integrated into the culture of Mongolian life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from my perspective, the group that I helped to coordinate, we raised the funds and then we actually sent a group of 15 Canadians to Mongolia mm. and spent two weeks on the ground actually helping to build the facility wow. itself. And so wow. those are a couple of examples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How fascinating. How fascinating. So uh, I've got time for two uh, or three more questions. I want to talk a little bit about your uh, interest in shoe designing. I mean, you know, I've spoken to so many people, but you're the first person I've come come across who is passionate about designing shoes. So tell me about this and what goes into designing a good shoe. Yes. And so uh, if people who know me personally know me that I am obsessed with shoes. I'm one of those people that, you know, I'm always looking for shoes and the type of shoes that I like to wear are, are either unique or quite creatively Mm. expressed. And so uh, a couple of years ago, really at the start of the pandemic, I had always had this idea of designing shoes in the back of my mind. Mm. And I found what I would call an accelerator program. So what it is, is you apply, um, they provide you the platform to design the shoes. Mm -hmm. And then what I do is I come up with the designs and then they have built out sort of an e-commerce platform where you can then sell them and the accelerator program that this in this case that's uh, based in Italy Mm. they then manufacture the shoes and so it ends up being this sort of one-to-one e-commerce model Mm. that's really where it started for me I I came up with one idea the first Mm. shoe idea was called the nomad Mm -hmm. uh, very much a reflection of my sort of fashion sensibilities, but also because I'm a, I love to travel, mm. I very much 
feel I'm the nomad and it's the type of shoe that's a reflection of that. Yeah. And um, that was well received both mm -hmm. within my family and friends group yeah. and people started buying the shoes. Yeah. And then now I'm, I'm basically eight designs later um, and continuing to, to, to create. And wow. uh, the, again, back to that notion of creative expression, it's really about you know, you have these ideas or designs in your head. I come up with an idea for them and a name. All of the names for the shoes are very unique and they're representative of different things. And hmm. you talked about, you know, a women or a girls ex expressing their own superhero. You know, one of the shoes I designed is called the Diana. It's a stiletto hmm. heel and it's an expression of Wonder Woman. Or uh, I have a hiking, a female hiking boot that's called the Trailblazer because mm. it's meant for women to blaze trails. And so again, it all goes back to that notion of creative expression. Oh. But that's really how I got into it. it. It sort of was I found a platform for it and thought maybe, you know, like I guess, I guess like an entrepreneur, you would say, mm -hmm. let's give it, a, let's give it a try. Well and, said, uh, well said, yeah. wonderful. And my last question to you, Vasi, and this is for the many, many people who will listen to our conversation. Based on your incredible journey, you know, and traveled and done so many amazing different things, what would you say are three lessons you would want our viewers and listeners to take away from our conversation? One for me is don't be afraid to express yourself creatively. Mm -hmm. Don't think that you need to be an artist yeah. to, to be some, to, to think that you're creative and, and that you cannot, you know, find joy yeah. in the things that you have passion in. I think that's a big one. I think we assume that uh, I, I think I need to be an artist and, and be a painter. That's the only way to creatively express mm -hmm. yourself. It's not. There's so mm. many ways for you to do it. We all have it in us. Mm -hmm. You just need to, to find that. I think the second one, you know, especially as a young girl growing up is try as best to do, and I don't like to say authentic, mm -hmm. but be as much as who you are mm. um, as a human being as possible. I think there is a lot of pressure, both family pressure and societal pressure to maybe, you know, take a path or do things that are expected of you because those are the expectations of you as either a woman or, or a human or, or culturally, depending on where you're from culturally. Mm. What I want to say is I've really tried hard to express myself and do things in my life that mm. are really an expression of my authentic self. Mm -hmm. And I really want people to, to, to do that and to take that lesson away. Mm. You will find your greatest amount of happiness if you really leverage you know, that aspect of your life. Correct. You don't want to live your life uh, because somebody else feels, oh, you, you need to do this or you yeah. need to act this way, act okay. this way or be this type of person because we all do it. You know, we all wear those masks Correct. and I want people to understand wear the mask of you ultimately. Mm. And I think um, the the last one um, really is, is I think sometimes people say, you know, fo follow your passion and, and mm -hmm. that's where the job is. I think for me, it's like find things that you really want to focus on mm -hmm. uh, and, and be really good at them. Yeah. And then the work will come. But as you do that, constantly be what I call, and I, I even tell people, 
be a constant learner of yeah. the world read you know understand what's going on if you don't know something about it don't think that oh just because i was in this field or uh, vocation this mm. is where i have to stay you know um put yourself out there to be um a knowledge learner and a constant learner and mm. if you do that you will always you know find ways to do things and you'll always better understand sort of the world and that will also 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 help you from a skill mm. development sort of uptake perspective right okay. and it's, it's and it's making you really um not i wouldn't say worldly but mm. Uh, the ability to, to see a lot of different things and constantly learn, learn from mm. others, learn from books, learn from the internet and, and so forth. And I think those are my three big things wonderful. that I would leave your listeners. And, and, on, and on that note, uh, Vasi, and your three wonderful lessons, don't be afraid to express yourself creatively, be who you are, um, don't worry about what others say. And the third one is find things you want to to focus on and learn constantly or follow your passion. Thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you for talking to me about your journey, about all your incredible thoughts on storytelling and communication. Thank you for speaking to me about our right and all the great work you're doing for so many women around the world. And finally, thank you for speaking to me about Nomad Shoes and, uh, and your other branded shoes. Thank you again and good luck to you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was lovely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website, www.tbcy.in, to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.